What what do you think? Chris Carr overrated or underrated? Oh, oh, so underrated. Episode 61, Tank Slap and Podcast. Short week, back in the booth, getting another pod out to you guys. Got a good one today, one that I'm pretty excited about, to be honest. I feel like I say that every week, but this is a guy that I've become quite friends with over the years, quite good friends with, if that makes any sense. But Danny Walker, Danny Walker, I'm sure many of you have heard the name Danny Walker, have spent some time with him. And the reason for that is because he is the co-founder and operator of American Super Camp, which is the, I guess it's the first first uh, flat track school to ever kind of exist. Danny's been at it for 25 years. He's an accomplished racer himself on the pavement, 250s back in the day. So we'll get some of that insight as well. But yeah, pretty stoked to have him on and chat with him a little bit, get some insight on his racing career, things like that. He's a, a, a major student of the game. There's a lot of great insight, has a lot of great stories. So I'm excited to get Danny on the show. And yeah, we'll chat with him and talk about, man, so many different topics. This could be uh, this could be a really good one. So I'm excited for that. And uh, before we get into that, because he's going to be on the line here any second, I want to make sure we shout out our sponsors and make this show happen. Bell Power Sports, check out bellhelmets.com to view all of their products. I wear the Race Star Flex. The quality and safety of these helmets is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Really excited to have Yamaha back back as a, as a sponsor of the podcast. Check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. Moto America, the next round of the Moto America series is at Road America, June 11th to 13th. Get a ticket. Go watch the action live. If you can't be there, check out the Moto America Live Plus package. Tons of great classes. Junior Cup, King of Baggers, Honus Superbike, Super Sport, Stock 1000, and Twins Cup. We're big fans of Moto America. Check them out on social media. They do a really good job with, with what they're doing and growing the series, Wayne and Chuck and, and their whole crew. So, yep, check them out. Road America, it's a phenomenal racetrack, and I'm excited for that next round this weekend, actually. DID Chain, at DID Chain on social media. Hit them up. Ask them what chain they most recommend for your motorcycle. All the major teams across the industry use the DID Chain. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, Jerry Stinchfield, commercialroofsystems.net. Really, really, I was excited to, to get a win for Jerry at the last round and have him come on the podium because he does so much for the sport, so much for our podcast, and we appreciate what he does and nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing company. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, the official tire of the American Flat Track Series. Make sure you support Dunlop. They have many different compounds in flat track, road racing, motocross, best in the game. They win more championships than any other brand, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. AIM Sports, at AIM Sports Data, the world leader in data acquisition. Solo 2 and the Solo 2 DL, GPS lap timer. I talk about it every week. I hate giving away some of our secrets, but yeah, it's it's been uh, crucial in my my racing efforts and what I'm doing. If you have any questions on the AIM Sports, hit me up. And last but not least, good, good friend of ours, good friend of mine, actually, too, Tommy Hanum from Hanum's Harley-Davidson. Check out their original store in Media, Pennsylvania, 65 years in business, 1011 West Baltimore Pike in Media, Pennsylvania. Check their website out at hanumshd.com. 
and Facebook, Instagram, uh, just hit them up. If you have any questions about what they're offering, what bikes they have in stock inventory, give them a call, tell them we sent you and no further ado, got our guest on the line. It's Danny Walker. This should be a good one. Danny, how are you? What's up? C Tex. Ah, just, just grinding it out, man. Another week off season, uh, well, not off season yet. It off feels season. like it. it feels yeah. like that. <laughs> off weekend. So just, yeah, just doing some stuff around the house. What about you, man? Any schools this coming weekend? Or are you headed to road America or? No, actually, hey, Robbie and I are headed up to road America this weekend. We're going to go up and just hang out and be spectators and watch Gagne and Cam Peterson and Glotty and Hunter Dunham, you know, watch the boys and, you know, and enjoy it with our friends, Dano and Sue out of Chicago there. They're going to bring up their big holler and, and uh, she cooks tons of great food for us. And yeah, we're just going to chill out and be spectators for the weekend. Definitely going to the, to the race on Friday night there, the little short track. That one's always a good week, good, good event to go to. Yeah, for sure. The, I want to shout them out, actually. Bert Sumner does a really good job with that event, the Dairyland Classic. So uh, if it was any closer than 14 hours, I'd <laughs> I'd, I'd make the trip. But yeah. Come on, bud. You're hardcore. Come on. I am hard. I'm too hardcore, I feel like. Your I gotta... sister would do it. Your sister would do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, that should be good. That should be good. It's been a good... I, I want to talk to you about the Moto America series in a little bit and get yeah. some of your insight, but... Uh, yeah, kind of let's get into kind of your background, man. Uh, you know, too, I, I don't know a heck of a lot about it, honestly. I, how yeah. did you get started as a racer, your amateur days and, and things, things like that? Like, what was your start I, like? I first started racing. My first race was a flat track race in Lamar, Colorado in 1971. And I grew up in the seventies racing flat track, um, and motocross here in Colorado um, and the problem with, with Colorado was it just didn't really have uh, a lot of, you know, high level dirt tracks like you could go at the time you had to do your novice license and get so many points and then do the junior license and go through that whole procedure. And then in the late 70s, I was still racing some flat track here and, and uh, you know, having a good time enjoying that. And I went to work for a shop in, in, uh, in Denver, kind of an aftermarket Harley Cruiser custom, you know, shop. And um, through a couple weird circumstances, started road racing. And I and he just said, hey, I got a bike. And he had a GS1000 Suzuki. And he's like, let's take this thing road racing. I'm like, all right, shoot, I don't, I don't care. Let's go, you know. And, and then I realized in a hurry that at the time, AMA had a deal that if you had a professional license in any other discipline, you could automatically get an expert license in the other ones. So I went road racing to get my Grand National Dirt Track license because I couldn't afford to travel. Um, and I, I, that was like the last couple of years you could still do that. I know Earl Hayden was trying to get through on the same thing with Tommy and Nikki, but, uh, they shut the door on that program, but, and then I just kind of went road racing and, and only did a few dirt tracks, but it's, you know, it's been dirt tracks been in my blood. Once it's in your blood, you know, dude, it's, you just, there's no getting it out, you know, completely. I've, I've, yep. my whole life, all I ever wanted to do was be a grand national dirt track racer. You know, I, for years, I slept with the centerfold of the Springfield mile above my bed, you know, and stared at it every night. You know, that's what I looked at. So, yeah, and then just then went road racing for years and years, tried to make a living doing that. Did okay, you know, not too bad. Um, and then later on, the last few years of my professional career, I rode for a couple teams out of Texas, Moto Liberty and, you know, in Southwest Motorsports. And obviously the, the Haydens rode for us and Colin Edwards rode for Southwest. And, you know, we were just doing this little this little dirt thing, this little dirt track thing, just, just for fun. And I thought, shoot, you know what? We should, we should do a school. We should do a school like that for road racers. That seemed like a good idea. Right. You know, they don't have any money. 
<laughs> they all want sponsorship and stuff. So, and yeah. that's, that's kind of been it, you know, I, it's kind of been it forever, but uh, I still, I still like, I went and rode, uh, I tried to go ride the local track here on, on uh, Sunday. I've got a 250 that we converted to a little dirt tracker and put some 19s on it. And I do some riding with some, yeah, I got some local guys here in Colorado that I help and coach and come to our camps and stuff. So I was hoping to go down there and get my big, you know, a little bit more of a big bike fix on the dirt track and yeah, track was just crap. So we didn't get a ride at all. So, but wow. uh, yeah, that, you pretty much summed it up pretty much uh, in that whole, in that whole paragraph. But yeah, I kind of want to go back to your 250 GP days. Cause a lot of people don't really know you, you mentioned very humble. You said, Oh yeah, I was decent, but you, you had a good career. Like you had some solid results. You raced some, some really good guys. So talk about your, your, your pro road racing days, like your 250 GP days, who were some of the rivals and guys you lined up with and what were some of your, your accolades in that? Well, you know, the crazy thing was, is, is, uh, in the mid to late eighties, you know, in, in 85, I was the top Yamaha contingency winner in the country. And, you know, right that next year, Poland did the Suzuki cup thing. And, you know, and I was racing seven fifties and, and in 85, I actually got 10th in the 200 as a privateer, you know, with good fellow and Felice and all those guys, you know, and that was a, I think it was 85, 85, 86. I can't remember. I'm old now, so I can't remember shit. But it was, born, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Lawson won it. All I remember was Lawson won it and I got 10. And, uh, you know, and so I kind of, I kind of had, uh, that next year, that next year I, I had, you know, I had a couple of deals going. I had a deal with American Honda through Udo Giedel to, to have factory Honda support, um, you know, and, and then last minute that all fell apart and the bike they were giving me went to the AMA museum. And then I actually had a contract with Yamaha. I had a contract with, with, uh, what the heck was his name? Oh, shoot. With Yamaha, Kenny Clark. And, uh, then that whole deal got completely sideways and the last minute that fell apart. So kind of think I had a almost had shoulda, coulda, woulda been type of type of career. So most of the 250 racing I just did was because it was easy to do you you know most of the bikes were were similar you didn't have to have a factory supported deal this you know the 600 class at the time if if you didn't have one of the trick Honda 600s or one of the Kawasaki trick 600s you just you know you weren't competitive at all so in the 250 class was like shoot all the bikes are the same and you know you just it's just built on you know who can ride it then and you know set it up and guys like Rich Oliver and Fleece were there were there and Obviously, the guy that works for me now, Robbie Peterson, him and I raced against each other a bunch and and had a great time. So, yeah, I did okay. I was a, you know, top five, four or five guy most of the time, you know, when I had a pretty decent weekend. Not too bad. I won one national at Loudoun, a 250 national. And, and uh, you know, I got to ride the GP at Laguna on a 500 as a wild card, which was pretty cool. You know, pretty cool experience and race the Suzuki or some of that stuff. But, yeah. yeah, you know, it doesn't really mean much at the moment, you know. That and five bucks gets me a Starbucks. Oh, wait, 10 bucks, I guess now for Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Expensive shit, yeah. So. You mentioned Robbie, man. I actually, I tried to get Robbie on the show, but he was busy. So I said, ah, I'll call Danny. He's the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's way more famous than I am. That guy's real uh, famous, man. Ask guy, dude, I, I just did a school for everybody listening. I just did an American Super Camp a couple weeks ago. And man, I really enjoyed Robbie, like talking with him. He's very insightful, dude, man. I was oh, like, oh, dude. Man, I, just sitting down and talking shop with him. It was like, I was just trying to listen more than anything. Just to li- yeah. that guy is so knowledgeable. It was, it was a real, a real treat talking with him. Oh, it's been, it's been unbelievable having him a part of our program now. I mean, you know, he's, he brings so much 
experience. Like you said, he's worked with so many different high end level racers. I mean, obviously, you know, all the years he spent with Kenny and he went over to Spain and helped Kenny do his school there in Spain. And then, you know, hanging out with Wayne and Eddie and, you know, and riding for Kenny for a few years. And then, and then when he ran his program, you know, he helped junior Kenny Roberts, Jr. And Curtis and uh, Sete Gerbenau and, John Michelle Bale, when he came over and was racing GP, you know, GPs, you know, Robbie was helping those guys. So, you know, he's had his own teams in South Africa. He ran his own programs down there, had a bunch of his own teams. So he's been very successful. It's, you know, we're too old. X could have, should have, would have been, has been racers. And, you know, we get along really good and he's still pretty competitive at almost 60. So he's going to I can tell, man, he was uh, out there riding with us and he was getting frustrated because he's had some shoulder issues and, He's getting frustrated just practicing. Like you can tell the competitive energy with uh, with Robbie. Just I, I love that man. I love that. I love when guys can bring that intensity a little bit, just all the way through. Like I don't know, it's just racers never quit being racers, and and, no. and I love I love it for sure. But yeah, let's 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 kind of talk a little bit about. Let's get into the super camp thing a little bit. You kind of talked about it briefly, but as you got into it, you know, what was your first school like? Who did you call to help you out? Um, you know, what what was that like? Like. I mean, cause you did some flat tracking, but you never really went pro like you didn't do any pro. No, I did a couple. I tried to qualify for, I tried to qualify for Indy and slid off the groove in the semi going for a transfer. And I tried to qualify at Daytona, the old municipal stadium, Daytona. And, you know, gnarly that was back in the day when you, when your dad was up there running up front, you know, that was tough, tough, but you know, I had the idea. Um, I had the idea back in the early nineties when I was riding for Moto Liberty and then kind of shelved it for a little while. And then, in 96, I did all the Doug Poland stuff. When he came back to the States, I built his bikes here. And I, I was like, that, that, that's not really what I wanted to do. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a school. I'm going to do a flat track school for road racers. And I, I went to Chris Carr. I saw Chris at, at a road race. I think it was at Sonoma. And, you know, we, we weren't friends or anything. I didn't really, I mean, I know, obviously knew who Chris Carr was, you know, obviously who didn't, you know. And I was like, all right, he's kind of a hero of mine, kind of, you know, I, I appreciate his level of professionalism and i said hey i'm gonna do this school he's like i'm in you know chris you know he's like i'm in i'm there i'm like all right all right cool you know and and uh, <laughs> and we did the first one in january 1997 and we had to borrow bikes and you know he came in and a whole bunch of cool people were there and and uh we did the first one and i was like all right that was cool and then everybody was like hey when are you doing the next one i was like Oh shit. I don't know. I only really planned on one, you know, <laughs> I didn't really know about doing the next one. And, and then Chris was in with both feet and I got really lucky having Chris. And then, and then, you know, Will Davis got involved the late Will Davis. He got involved and those two guys, you want to talk about competitive, man, you get those two guys in anything, anywhere. I don't care if at the time it was riding, drinking, what, whatever. Oh, everything was a race with those two guys, but you know, they were both real students of the game and, and, um, you know, helped us develop what our program is today and, and, you know, really analyzing what it is. And, uh, it's been awesome. You know, it wasn't, I can't imagine him. We just, you know, we just had our 25th anniversary in, in January. I was like, Holy crap. I can't imagine, you know, having that thought process in 1997, are we going to be doing this for 25, you know, 25 years is crazy. So. No, it's crazy. And it's, it's amazing, honestly. I mean, cause back I mean, everybody th these days they're oh, let's just do it. Let's just do a riding school, whatever. But, oh, yeah. but, but back then, like you, there wasn't really any flat track riding schools. Like you kind of innovated like, a little bit overseas, yeah. I guess, like you said, with Kenny Roberts was doing some stuff, but 
Um, it wasn't. Yeah, we didn't know he was doing. We didn't know even know he was doing that program. We had no idea, and we kind of laid out what our our baseline was doing and stuff. And then I think it was like our third or fourth school we did. Somebody showed up with Kenny's video and goes, "Have you seen this?" And I'm like, "Crap, that's awesome. He's doing the same exact same thing we were doing." You know, but that was part of my motivation was you know I was friends with Colin and, and you know Colin Edwards and and a little bit with Kenny Jr. Not too much with Kenny Jr. But, you know, Colin got to go hang out at Modesto with Kenny and all those guys and ride and come back and say how awesome it was training with those guys. I'm like, yeah, we need there needs to be someplace that everybody can go do that. Not just, you know, not just Kenny's group, you know, which is awesome for them. But, you know, there needs to be a place for everybody. And that's kind of what really started the whole idea. And it's been a crazy whirlwind, you know, just going back through and looking at the folks that have been through our program over the over the years and years is, is pretty amazing. Have you ever made a list of some of the guys who have like have gone through the camp? I mean, like I've gone through the camp when I was like 15 and Shana. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of guys who have won nationals, won championships oh, that, that came to the school as a student. I, like there's well, those guys that have those other schools now are are guys that were multiple students of super <laughs> camp, you know? <laughs> those other ones. I found it, I found it the other day. I saw it the other day and I need to pull it up, but I've got a picture of, of Jared Meese before he had a driver's license driving the rental car at Charlotte down in Charlotte wheel pack. And I remember he was all pumped that he could drive and he was wheel pack in the track, you know, and, and the story I tell at every camp and it's honestly God, the truth is we literally taught JD beach how to shift at super camp. I literally taught him how to shift. A, a, one of our CR70s, you know, Hondas at the time back in 1999 or something in Spokane, Washington. I remember working on helping JD learn how to shift, you know, so yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I haven't made a list. It's, it'd be a long one. We were talking about doing it for the 25th, you know, Carter that works for me some, sometimes now. He was like, man, we need to make a list of all the people. I'm like, ah, we're going to, we're going to forget some folks, you know, but you know, it's Ben Spees and we literally found Danny Eslick at super camp, you know, all those guys been many, many times. Eslick will tell you, Eslick's like, if it wasn't for super camp, we wouldn't even have ever gotten a ride. So yeah, That's it's pretty crazy. cool. It'd be cool to do a book or a documentary talking about sort of, uh, sort of the journey with some of the guys that have helped you out. I mean, as far as your instructors go, you've had, you've had guys from Josh Hayes and, uh, you know, Nikki, Nikki Hayden, of course, did, did yep. some, I mean, who were some of the guys who helped instruct like for people? Well, obviously hacker, you know, hacker was one of our guys. I mean, we hacker couldn't even talk to people in public before he started coming to super camp. We made him talk. It was, you know, super camp. If you don't do one of the talks, you don't get to ride, you know, you got to do the talks. We didn't have that problem with you at the last camp though, Corey, you had no problem talking. <laughs> surprise man yeah, exactly <laughs> obviously like like will davis johnny murphy was was huge murph came to a bunch of camps and he's actually going to come back and and do some more now that he's moved up to boise i'm going to try and see him in a couple weeks but you know murph and all those kind of guys have, have been yeah obviously josh hayes and now i've got you know gagne jake gagne cameron peterson hunter dunham and you know we like we like getting those kind of guys that, that are coming up and helping them on the way and you know, getting to be good people too, and inter be able to interact with folks and not just be this little prima donna race racer bitches, you know? <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I, I, I feel it. No, I feel like the instructors, man, every time you have these instructors, like these kids, like their, their form is spot on. Like they've, they've yeah. gone through the, the classes a bunch before they've, you, you don't just pick kids, you know, out of, out of the circuit, just instruct, like they've got to, <laughs> they've got to know the, know the camp and know the curriculum and, and things like that. Yeah, we get a ton of folks that, that want to come and be a part of the program. I'm like, ah, you know, that's one of the things Chris established 
early on with, especially with all the up and coming dirt trackers. And I got to really give him credit for, for letting anybody, I mean, the great, you know, you included and Jake Johnson. And, and I remember even when the rotors were trying to help, you know, we're trying to help George and, and Jess Rotor and, and those guys, but Chris would give them a hundred percent effort on trying to help them be better riders, you know, but they all had to pay. You know, nobody got to come to the first one for free. A lot of people uh, afterwards, you know, we'd let them come back and, you know, we'd help them because obviously, you know, I got a soft spot for dirt trackers. We'd let them come back. But, you know, it's mostly guys that came and you could tell they cared and, you know, and they, they have to really show a passion about um, teaching people and seeing other people actually get the technique, you know. And once you find those, I don't care what level of rider you are. Some of the best instructors I've had over the years were guys that couldn't even hardly ride when they started, you know, that came to camp and, you know, just kept coming and coming and coming. And, you know, and they were just turned out to be great instructors because they started from nothing, you know. Yeah. Well, it's crazy, actually. Uh, Dalton uh, Brisbois just. I remember watching him ride his first bike and I'm like, it was like, man, what's this kid doing? Like he's, he, he, he could barely ride. And now like this last, I haven't seen him ride in a while. Cause he hasn't been racing. Right. And we did the last camp a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, Oh shit, dude. Like you've gotten, you're, you've gotten a lot faster, man. It was really cool to see. And pretty much yeah. he, he just comes to your camps now. Like he doesn't really get to ride much and he's, He's got really good form and yeah, it's, it's just Such crazy. a good kid. Yeah. He, he started off. I wish I would have had a video of his first school. He was like 12. He was probably like five feet tall, weighed like 200 pounds. He was just this little, and he shows up and he's like, I'm the district six, 250 amateur champion. For, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know what that means around here? Nothing. It means you get to dump the trash. Okay. <laughs> you get to help clean the bathroom. We don't care. That's all that means. And he's turned himself around and, you know, came back a couple years later and he was in shape and studying and that dude's a superstar man he's got more self-discipline and you know drive and it's awesome you know it's awesome to see yeah no doubt and then uh, i i didn't i don't know if i talked to you after i don't i don't i don't even i'm uh i'll text you about this i'm not gonna i don't i'm not gonna bring this one up because it's uh, i'll bring it up you know what after jd beach instructed your school he went on and he won he won atlanta right was that the next weekend he won atlanta and then and then me and Ben, me and Ben instruct your schools. And then I win, I win Joliet or, or Chicago and Ben wins wherever the hell that was. VIR. Yeah. So basically if you, if you want to win races, you come to super camp and then you go line up and yeah, it's no, nah, I just thought that was funny. You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like saying that kind of stuff, but it's, you know, the, even the last, the last race we had at VIR, if, Man, if if Cam Peterson would have gotten on the on the podium there, we would have had a lockout for all the guys on the Superbike podium from Moto America would have been instructors for Supercamp for American Supercamps. So you know, That's it's amazing. it's kind of we try and change that. Try and you know, there's always those that can't do teach, right? You know, they've been saying that forever. Those that can't do teach, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna prove that wrong a hundred percent you know yeah we were super pumped for you for winning that deal and you know coast is a product of our program also he's been to been to a ton of super camps i haven't seen him in a couple of years but he's been to, been to a bunch of those but yeah i, I know what you're saying i done now somebody who wants to win the problem is i got a camp next weekend here in colorado it's the same weekend you guys are racing so that's going to be a tough one you know so who can make it up here and ride with us for a day and then haul us back down to, <laughs> down to oklahoma so they can so they can race and get to win <laughs> if if that formula works you'd have the guys would they would make that flight they, they would figure it out. uh well it's kind of funny too like you've you've bred a lot of winners man and whether you know it or not just you've talked about it at the camp a couple weeks ago both of your 
both of the Americans who won the uh, Red Bull Rookies Cup were weren't, weren't they Super Camp kids? It was JD oh, yeah. and JD and Gagne. So um, I thought that story with with Gagne was incredible that you were telling at at Super Camp oh. and uh, just yeah his. There's a couple of guys I wanted to ask about. Uh, Gagne is one of them. He's got a real unique story, and I kind of wanted you to kind of talk about about him a little bit because, yeah, what what he's his journey is, is is way different, and you've been a part of it since pretty much day one. Yeah, for literally the first time he first time Jake ever ever rode a road race bike was at the tryouts for the Rookies Cup in 2007 at Barber, and I was one of the coaches with Kevin Schwantz and, and uh, a couple Gustel and a couple other guys, Peter Clifford, and I was one of the coaches, and I knew who Jake was from motocross. You know, I knew he was one of the up-and-coming KTM kids. I knew who he was, so I kind of talked to him a little bit, and his dad's pretty awesome, you know, Mark Gagne's badass motocrosser from Southern California, so pretty awesome. The very first question Jake they asked me, his dad asked me, he's like, hey, what is this GP shift thing they're talking about? What is What is that? I'm like... The bike shifts backwards. It's down for, you know, you go push it down, down to go up and up to go down. And they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, eh, dude, don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. You know, you'll figure it out. And he was really slow, like the first session out, like, you know, bing, bing, bing down the straightaway, like, you know, the little two strokes. And, but by the end of the, end of the first day, I'm like, Hey, this, this kid is, you know, he's dropped 25 seconds, you know, not five or two or three, you know, he's, he's dropped a lot, you know, he's dropped a lot of time in today on a bike he's never seen and something he's never done. I'm like, let's bring him back for the, for the final day and, you know, see where he's at and shit. If he didn't take another huge step, you know, in the final day and, and we selected him to be part of the Red Bull Rookies Cup program and he gave up motocross, you know, he just gave up motocross said, okay, I'm going to go do this road race thing. Yeah, he was still riding a ton of motocross, but you know he was on the fast track with KTM to be one of their one of their guys. You know, um, him and Joey Savacci were good friends and raced against each other. And then, uh, and then by the end of the season in two thousand eight, by the end of the year in two thousand eight, Jake was winning races here and showing some potential, and you know was one of the front running guys. And then that program got canceled for 2009. So they sent Hayden Gillum and Gagne and Benny Solis over to race the, the MotoGP Rookies Cup Series. And um, I was going with Hayden, Hayden Gillum, and I was over there helping him, but obviously traveling with Mark and, and Jake and, you know, still helping them a little bit. And we traveled together just as Americans, you know, kind of stick together a little bit. And then 2010, I, I got to go to a bunch of races with Jake and uh, I went over there with him and it was actually there at Masano when he won the championship. And it was an amazing crazy story yeah it's it was intense uh, on on how he actually ended up winning that championship and and then uh, you know he was, he was supposed to go race moto two in in uh, spain and that didn't really work out the team he got hooked up with so um, we started trying to help him find a ride back here in the states and and there was no place for him to go and then all of a sudden jd didn't really have a place to go anymore and you know red bull was like hey i need to support a team here i gotta have a place for these guys to go and then I was like, oh crap. Okay. I guess I'll start a road race <laughs> program, you know? And I had, I had a guy that, that kept bugging me and wanted to help some riders and make it happen. Jeremy Latrosse. And, you know, if anybody's followed our road race program, you know, he was one of the Twitter founders and he loves racing and loved those guys. And he put a whole bunch of money in and we went road racing. So yeah, Jake rode for me from 2012 to 2017. And we won, he won the 600 championship for us. He won the thousand Superstock championship for us. And, you know, and, uh, then he ended up getting to go, uh, you know, replace Nikki's ride there in World Superbike. So Jake's a Jake's a 
uh, a special kind of person. The coolest thing we did with Jake was in 2015, we were leading the championship, leading the thousand Superstock championship midway through the season. And Cameron Peterson came back and said, Hey, have, have you seen Jake Moto lately? I'm like, I'm like, no, not really. I mean, I know he's badass and he's fast as shit. And he's like, yeah, dude, no, he, he's putting factory riders bikes, you know, sending them home at Paula and some of the Southern California tracks. Like these guys are loading up going home because they can't get away from this local dude that doesn't even motocross. And uh, I went to Jake. I don't remember what race we were at. And I said, Hey, have you ever thought about doing, you know, doing like a, a national, you know? And he's like, dude, I've always dreamed about it. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's try and put it together. So we went to Keith McCarty and, and Keith said, let me see if I can help. And I really just wanted help getting Jake a license, you know, like, Hey, let's see if we can get him a license and we'll build him a bike. And, and then Keith came back and Jake went and tested with him. And Keith came back and said, no, we're going to supply him with a full factory bike and we're going to do it right. I'm like, holy crap. So he got to the week after the Indy Moto America round um, or the U S round, he got to go to uh, Utah and we did the outdoor national at Utah. He qualified up in the top 20. And I think the first race he finished like, 21st or 22nd but unbeknownst to anybody jake the week before had a crash in the morning warm-up at indy because they'd they'd uh, brought a water truck out and were washing the curbs for some reason and jake hit a little spot of water in morning warm-up and crashed our r1 and pulled his groin really bad and didn't tell anybody and i saw him walk into the bathroom and he was walking weird i'm like what's up with that dude and He's like, oh, I kind of hurt my groin this morning. I'm like, we got the motocross next week. He goes, I know, <laughs> we're in, I know. And he doesn't, he doesn't like telling anybody that kind of stuff. So the first moto at, at Utah, he got his leg caught in a, one of those gnarly three-foot deep ruts that were there and, and re-pulled his groin and he couldn't race the second moto. But, you know, we got to fulfill a dream for him and we got to do something pretty cool. And Jake's going to be my age and he's going to be talking to somebody, uh, you know, in space or something, who knows at that point. But, you know, he'll be talking to somebody and, telling some kind of weird podcast thing and and uh you'll be telling that story and i'm just excited i was it's kind of a memorable thing for us just to be a part of it yeah it's crazy 2015 it seems like it was like last year i remember following it and i think everybody in road racing flat track he had a lot of support for when he did that we're all kind of rooting for rooting for gagne when he when he did that so yeah that was that was super cool Uh, imagine it because i think they raced paula i think they race there now on national imagine if he could go and and race paula like a track that he actually has a lot of time on uh yeah i'd love to see how he could do just man because his yeah his speed on a motorbike is just insane and even cam peterson rides a motorbike super fast man like i watch videos of cam i'm like jeez this guy can rip so um for sure it wouldn't surprise me if cam i'm not sure about supercross because that's a whole nother animal but it it wouldn't surprise me at all if cam couldn't qualify for a 250 250 national with no problem you know the issue he has is is hammering that out and those tracks get so crazy those motocross tracks i was at lakewood on saturday for the national here in colorado and just how they just let it go they don't care they're how deep can those ruts get like that is not something i want to do yeah yeah, it, it is crazy, but it's, yeah, that was, that was really cool. I, I remember him, him lining up and I remember the gate he raced. It was stacked with good, he rode to 450 oh. class, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, rode, oh, he, yeah, rode, yeah. he was, he was lined up with Dungy and, and, and Moose scan and Tomac and, and everybody short was still in it. Cause on Thursday on the promoter day on Thursday, they were riding. Jake was like one of the fastest guys on the track. You know, he was out there just ripping. It was awesome. 
well, come race day, the track got pretty shitty, you know, got, got pretty gnarly. And, and he's like, yeah, I don't ever have to ride a track that that's, that's that gnarly, you know, I don't ever get the tracks I always ride. They, they prep them for us, you know, it's awesome. So yeah. no, it was, it was a cool deal. And even doing, even doing the super studio with him, you know, later on that later on, you know, when we did that super studio thing in, in Vegas, you know, it was pretty cool because he, he won every race, but but one in the one race he didn't win, he stalled the bike and couldn't get restarted. And, and, uh, and that bumped him out of the main event for the whole program. And he won every single race he lined up for. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, you did mention that your road race factory team and what do you miss most about that? That was a really cool thing. Like that was, a that was an awesome deal. Like you've had, you had good riders, you won championships. Uh, you did it for what, four, five years, six years, uh, um, 12, 12 to six, six years, 12, 2012 through 2018, 2018 was our last year. Okay. And, and the, and the, really the only, the only thing I miss about it is just the people we had such a great, I mean, everybody says that, right. But we, we had such a great crew, you know, everybody, everybody pitched in and, and did their part no matter what and it didn't, you know, there were all of our riders, Cam and, and Jake, they all helped us set up and load and unload and, and set up. And it was really just, people scotty jensen that was our crew chief but i i get to see scotty because his shop is literally his door to his shop is literally 10 feet from the door to my shop so so i get to see him all the time and get to bug him still so really that's that's what i miss most is, is the people and and helping the kids out helping the guys out and you know on that kind of stuff but i still get to do that like i'm sure this weekend in, in road america you know if cam needs any help at all then then you know i'll go out and do what we what i did for the team before and and obviously with with the glotty and hunter and you know and even even Matthew and, and Bobby, you know, because if Bobby Fong, they've been part of our program. So yeah, I'll go help them. Jason Uribe, Uribe, who's racing, trying to race super, super bike right now and having some bike issues and some, having a couple crashes, but I'll help him too. So that's that's really probably the only thing I miss about it. I don't miss the work. I don't miss the driving. I don't miss the traveling. I don't miss the money. It was oh, it was just, it was, you know, about doing a race team, a road race team like that, especially is about the dumbest thing you could ever do. Yeah, why you would do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's good to get that insight if anybody's thinking about doing it. No, I mean, it's it's a lot of work, but the the payoff of winning and getting those championships and stuff, that's something that it's kind of priceless. I mean, it's one of them things you look back on and you'll always have that have those memories and uh, especially the people, like you said, the people you meet. And I think hanging out with my crew on race day and just enjoying that camaraderie is is just something that you can never you can never explain to people like kind of going in the battle with people next to you. Like, it's just a really yeah, cool thing. It, yeah. It kind of, it kind of is. It's kind of like, yeah, you're going in and, and we just, over the years, we just really kind of like collected a, such a great group of people that really cared about each other. And, you know, even our guys, I see all those guys all the time, you know, um, Stanley Anderson works with Scott at the HSBK team still. And, you know, I see them all the time and they're like, when are you going to bring the, get the gang back together? You know, when do you get the band back together? I'm like, now. Nah. No, you know, people, people saw us at the road race last year and they're like, Hey, are you coming back? I'm like, absolutely not. No, no. Well, you mentioned to me, you mentioned to me that you guys were pretty close to doing something flat track related. So yeah. Yeah. You know, my girlfriend, Mick, you know, she, she, that's how we met was she was bringing Frankie Lee and Hayden Gillum to super camp long, 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 long time ago. And, uh, and she loves dirt track. She absolutely loves there can be anything on i don't care what it is if there it doesn't matter what's on tv it doesn't matter if it's gps road racing whatever it is if, if she's like flat track get it up i'm gonna watch it let's go 
I'm like, they're still doing practice. I don't care. Get it on the TV. Let's go. Come on. I want to watch it. So, so we talked pretty serious about, about doing a, just a little singles program. And, you know, we talked to, talked to Jake and Cam thought it'd be fun to have a couple of the road race guys. And yeah, we were just going to do some singles events, but we really wanted to do just the short tracks and the TTs. I, you know, watching us singles on a half mile uh, scares the living crap out of me, you know, and it, I'm like, holy smokes, that's just some sketchy, you know, scary stuff to watch. And uh, so we were going to do some of those. And then, of course, you know, the year we decided to do that, they don't do the Arizona TT, which I thought was the coolest race I'd seen in a long time. You know, uh, Buffalo Chip was was, you know, one, but they'd canceled a couple and they weren't doing the Springfield TT anymore you know, some of those and the Springfield short track went away. I'm like, well, what the heck? Those were the, those were the races we were going to do, you know, and, and then they were gone. So, well, that, okay. guess we're not doing those. Yeah. So. Yeah. It would have been cool. Would have been cool. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, there's a couple other guys I wanted to ask you about and uh, a couple, a couple, a few more questions and I'll, I'll let you get back to it. But um, so Josh Hayes, he, to me, his, his story is, is incredible because he started racing pretty late. Like, I think he didn't get on a bike till he was 19. And, uh, you know, for me, I I didn't really, I personally didn't get the race until I was 15. Like I was a little bit older. So I hear a lot of people in interviews and riders and things like that. Oh, well I got a late start. So, you know, I didn't have a fair shot at it, but then you have a guy like Hayes who literally started riding a motorcycle at 19. Uh, I think it's from what I, right. So 19 and he goes on to be one of the best super bike riders of all time. So, um, and you've, you've kind of worked with Hayes and he's been an instructor, but what, what did, what did you see? Cause you, you, you're a student of the game. You, you can break down what guys are doing better than anyone I've talked to. What was the, 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 yeah. What was the key to his success? Even, even, even Josh early on. I mean, (laughs) I can't hardly talk about Josh, but remembering when Chris Carr grabbed his front brake at our school in Talladega and just threw him on the ground face first, right? Chris was like, watch this. Josh was all excited because he put a disc front brake on his XR100. He was so pumped, you know, and Chris is like, watch this. And Chris is sitting on a hay bale and Josh comes by and Chris just reaches out and grabs a front brake and Josh's (laughs) head bounces off the ground right in front of me. I'm like, oh, dude, what the hell? And that was like 19 98 or something and josh was just kind of getting to be a club you know a club race guy you know and starting to be successful club racing and i really met him on the side of the road because a buddy of theirs rolled their trailer going to seattle up here in laramie colorado and we were we were going to a camp and they rolled their trailer that's the first time i met him but you know even at that point you know josh came in trying to learn anything and everything, anything he could do to make himself be better. He was a student, like you just said, a student of the game. And he, he worked his ass off um, because he's, he'll, and he'll tell you, he tells everybody, he's like, I don't have natural talent. I have no zero natural talent. I've had to work at it. I've had to study it. I've had to make myself do it. And, um, and he did the whole time. And, you know, and he does, he does constantly 2000, uh, 2010 and 11, he, he needed, he wanted somebody to be a rider coach. So he hired me to be his rider coach. And I didn't really think he needed one. You know, I was like, well, you're winning. I don't know what, what do you want me to do? You know, I told the Yamaha guys, they're like, why are you in here? I'm like, I'm just trying not to make him slower. That's my goal. You know, <laughs> I just don't want him to be slower. I look like an idiot, you know? <laughs> and and uh, no, he has, you know, that's one of the cool things about the, the super camp program is we've got to work, ride and be around some amazing guys, you know, obviously Kirk, Chris and, and Will and, and uh, Spees and Nikki and those guys, but you know, Josh is one of those right up front that, 
that analyzes and studies, you know, studies what's going on. And he's really into the mental side too. He's really, he's really good at getting the guys to mentally, you know, be ready to go. And even the years that I worked for him, I remember being at a test, a world, the test at Miller and it's like 40 degrees. It's trying to snow. Everybody's in the garage and Josh is like, let's go. And, you know, his crew's like, what? He's like, let's go. Get, take the tire warmers off let's go you know and he goes out and try, and he's like a second off his quickest time in conditions where it's there's no reason everybody else is sitting in the garages you know they're like no i'm not going out there that's crazy and josh is like oh yeah i'm gonna make watch him watch this i'm gonna make him feel bad and like no shit he just went out threw down and just went after it and he, he just kind of loved that kind of stuff that aspect of it just showing everybody he was mentally mentally tougher and stronger than they were you know yeah, yeah, I love it. And kind of the last guy I wanted to ask you about, we've talked about already in this show multiple times, but it's Chris Carr. And a lot of people in flat track, they really, like I, I always ask, I have, I have the guests, I want them to give me their uh, Mount Rushmore of flat track, like who they think are the top four guys. And a lot of people overlook Chris, which is, it, to me, it's insane, like with everything he's done and and his accolades and things like that. But what what do you think? Chris Carr, overrated or underrated? Oh, oh, so underrated. Uh, completely underrated. I can't even hardly, you know, he's, he's, there's no way they would super camp would exist without Chris Carr. There's, there's just, it wouldn't happen. And, and I can't hardly talk. I get a little emotional about it as I do sometimes, but um, you know, that what he has given the flat track guys coming up, you know, he's given them a hundred percent of himself. I mean, he, he's gone so over and above um, throughout the years to help people that people don't see. I mean, you know, if you, if you only saw the Chris Carr in the early nineties, you know, the early nineties coming up, you know, always seemed like he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Wasn't that, you know, I, I kind of thought he did in too. I was like, I ah, kind of seems like a little angry little guy. And that was just drive and determination to be the best. You know, and really that's what it was. It was just, you know, he's, and he is an honorary little shit, man. Oh, even, you know, we got to ride with him last year. He came to Delaware camp and, and, you know, he is just an honorary little shit, but gosh, if he doesn't give, you know, give a hundred percent to anybody and everybody at any level of motorcycle riding, he, to make them better and help them in any way that he can, you know, any, any way that he can do that. Um, he's there a hundred percent for him making it happen. So I, 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 I thoroughly think way, way underrated. And when I've got to, we've got to ride with some Scott Russell. I mean, you just go down the list. I mean, the, the people that we've got to ride and be a part of our program at Supercamp. And I'll tell people straight up, there's nobody smarter on a motorcycle than Chris Carr. I'm not anybody I've ever been around. And I spent a lot of time with Colin and, and the Haydens and Josh, obviously. And, you know, and, and, and there's nobody on a motorcycle. Doug Poland was probably the only guy that I ever uh, worked with that was close um, on that had the mental and, and the race knowledge, you know, you've, you, you get to take advantage of it. Luckily when he helps you with, you can, you know, and, and he doesn't pull any punches is the thing too. Chris is going to tell you, you know, and if he, he thinks you're, you're being a wuss, he's going to tell you you're being a wuss and he doesn't hold any punches. And I think that that sometimes puts some people off and maybe that drive and determination that he had when he was, you know, trying to, trying to win races, you know, maybe kind of rub people a little bit the wrong way, but he nobody that's ever been to super camp when Chris is there leaves not being a huge Chris Carr fan not anybody not one single person so yeah it, yeah you know, I, I agree I think a lot of people get wrapped up in feeling and emotion too much in this and and to you know anybody can come to a camp and you know and you can tell them what they want to hear or make them feel good but it doesn't necessarily make them better or safer riders and 
you know, I think me and Chris get along so well is because we don't really, we don't put emotion into it. Like when I'm, when I'm riding shitty, he literally is the first person to call me and tell me, and I could, I could have just won the race and he'll be like, oh man, you got to do this and you got to do that. And I've sort of rubbed that off on some of the kids I help out. It's like, when they win, they, they want me to tell them good job, but I'm trying to make that, trying to help see what I see to make them better. It's like, dude, you want me to, you want me to pat you on the back or you want to know things you can do to, to get better. And I've learned that from Chris just, um, yep. yeah. And you said it, he is so smart. Like it, it's hard to get riding advice from some of the greats like Parker Springer. It's hard for them guys right. to kind of break, break it down like Chris can. And, um, yeah. And when he helped me win my championship in 2019, I think he's taught me more since then than I did that year when, um, when he, I was actually working, you know, with him every race, just stuff. I yeah, picked that's, out. Yeah. You gotta be ready for it. And, and you know, and, and he can be, he can be intense, you know, he can, he can be intense about it too. So you, you gotta be ready for it and it's gotta be the right time for you to be able to, to get up to, you know, to appreciate that information and go, okay. And now, I, now I see what you're talking about. Now I can, you know, try and make that happen. Yeah. A lot of guys, their favorite riders are the, are the riders that, that are the most well-liked, you know, that's why everyone loved Parker. Everybody loved Springer. Cause they're just personable, you know, they'll go out for beers after the race and, and they're great guys. But Chris gets a lot of flack. Cause yeah, like he said, he kind of had a chip on his shoulder, but he, you know, he, the way he went about it, it's just different. And he was really underrated as a rider, like his. Well, and you know, and, and when you're, when there's not, when there's not, you know, thousands of people around, you know chris is a funny little shit you know the boys love having it when he comes to camp they love it because he just rips on me the whole time you know <laughs> he stopped helping me a long time ago you know when we were first doing the camp back and when we first started you know he was helping me and you know giving me some advice and we were working through it you know i was like yeah, I, I thought i was a pretty good dirt tracker i had my license and shit you know and and like no and then and then shortly thereafter that you know uh he he stopped help helping me pretty quite a bit so there was there'd be like every now and then i'd have a day at a camp where i could keep up with him i could stay with him right and and we were at delaware for one of the camps and we were going around to the left and i was right there like hanging like staying with him you know and and i kept going in and kind of rubbing on him a little bit and and we do the turnaround thing like we do to go the other direction and he goes hey what is that i go well you wouldn't have that problem if you could get away you know and i was like oh shit (laughs) so he he lets me go i'm like okay i'm gonna get away i'm i'm going i'm gonna get away from him you know and i go into this one of our big long right handers and i just dab my foot and as i dab my foot his front wheel was right there and it sucks my ankle under the tire and breaks my ankle you know and he's like yeah i didn't feel a thing i don't it didn't hurt me i didn't feel a thing <laughs> like you little shit you know so that's my joke is like you know, people are like what happened you ever get hurt here i go yeah i've broken my ankle at super camp i'm like what happened i got hit by a car <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i don't know if i've ever heard that one that's hilarious uh so what do, what are yeah. the plans for the future what 25 years in super camp you know what what's the Ooh. what's the five to ten year outlook man Gosh, like, i keep trying to you know i keep trying to find somebody that that wants to take this thing from me and 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 run with it you know and i got a few people on the list that uh michael carter remember michael that worked for me since he was yep. like 14 and you know he gets to come to a few but he has a real real job now and you know even having jd i'm like hey one one day somebody's got to take this over man i can't i can't keep doing this forever you know and so jd's on the list and and uh cameron peterson's on the list of people you know up and coming guys that finally when they when their career's over and they're like all right what am i going to do i'm like hey just i'll just you know carter i was like dude here's the keys i'll give it to you you know <laughs> just just 
figure out what you want to pay me for a little while. I'll show up and do my thing. And it's we'll not easy, going. man. It's a lot of work. Dude, people, that's what we're doing now. Robbie, you know, I, Robbie makes me a list and I've got a list and, you know, our, we've got 18 motorcycles and they all have to be treated like fact, like race bikes, you know, they, it's everything, everything spokes, you know, all the, all the stuff, oil filters, you know, straightening stuff out. Yeah. You know, our, our stuff when people are like, well, shoot, you only do like, you don't do that many schools and you got plenty of time. What do you guys do when you're home? Like, no, it's no. so much work. Yeah. Today I'm trailer day for me to trailer day. I got to put all the gear away that we washed and the helmets. And then I got to wash the trailer out inside and out. And then we lost a tire on the way back from Delaware. So I got to replace the fender. Well, you know, the fender flares and yeah, it's nonstop. Yeah. Well, we, our last segment we do it's uh, it's the higher low line. I typically it's an it's a this or that type question, um, but I'm kind of do a little bit different with you. I'm gonna leave it open ended because I oh feel boy. yeah That's we're doing a, a good idea. Do a little bit differently. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's just we'll get right into it. Who is the most talented rider you've seen on the pavement that you've raced with or you've watched? Just raw talent. Raw. Well, I mean not. I- uh, obviously uh the list would be hayden obviously nikki nikki hayden uh danny eslick had so much unbelievable natural talent danny eslick and then and then uh, you know now I'd, I'd have to go to you know jd and gagne and, and cam peterson okay transition a little bit you you started off as a flat track guy you, you're a big fan of obviously you guys watch a lot of the races who is who's the most talented guy you've seen on on the dirt like flat track it could be. It could be now. Maybe over the years, uh, I could do one of each. Well, I'd have to. I'd have to go with with my with my boy JD. You know for sure. You know, watching JD ride, he's so smooth and you know doesn't move around a lot. You know, um, Bri- Briar's style. You know, Briar's style. He 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 does everything that we teach at Super Camp. And I don't. I think him and his brother are the two guys on the top that have never been to our program, but but they do 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 all that. And I always liked watching Kenny Coolbeth. I always watched Kenny Cool Best Styles on the big tracks was was always something, and and then obviously you know Chris was the man, but that Chris was the man because he was because he could you know the chess game of of the miles and stuff and you know doing that kind of stuff. So obviously right now, um, you know right now I really like watching JD ride. You know I'd like to see him get those things to hook up a little better, and uh, you know see if he can keep those things at the front on the regular tracks. All right. Who's your pick? And we're going to, I'm going to have you pick some, who you think is going to win the title in these various series. Um, Moto America Superbike. Who's, who's winning the title this year? Kanye. 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 Moto GP. Ooh, I don't know. That thing is so crazy right now. It's, Dude, it's, it's nuts. It's fun. Would, it's, it's fun to watch. It's crazy. I would, I would like to, I would like to think that Quattararo is going to be the guy, but man, I don't know. It's just, it, they keep throwing a wrench in. I think it's going to be somebody weird. I Miller. think it's going to be a, you know, I think it's going to be a Miller, you know, shit, it, it could be Miguel Oliveira. I mean, it could be, I mean, you know, it could be, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Zarco fan at all, uh, <laughs> at, at all, not even a little bit. Uh, so I really hope it's not Zarco, but, but other than that, you know, it's cool that it's a toss up kind of, I mean, I miss, I miss watching Marquez do his thing because of the talent, but man, it's cool that it's uh it's wide open. You know, it yeah. It- I, I don't think they're going to hold him back. To, you know, just, I don't, who knows really what his fitness and what that whole shoulder arm issue, you know, how bad it really is, but you know, he showed some pretty good signs of, of coming back. I mean, he hasn't finished a race this year, but you know, he did show some pretty good signs of coming back and being competitive again. Yeah. Well, I, I, I heard he, I, I heard he, 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 he,
I heard he might never, he was never going to race again. And for him, from, from that to running yeah. to where he is, it's like, all right, he'll be all right. So, um, yeah, dude, it's not. yeah. Uh, two more motocross 450 title. Gosh, I, I, I hope I, you know, I, I think that, that he should, you know, I, I, I think he won both races this weekend. So I, I think it's gotta be Kenny. That's gotta, yeah. gotta be Kenny. You know, I mean, I should wrote for the Colorado guy for Eli, um, but his consistency has, you know, seems to be, seems to be an issue. And, and uh, so I, I'm really hoping Kenny actually gets, gets a win, you know? Yeah, that would be cool. He's somebody I've sort of, uh, I've, I've liked more and more as I, as I watch him and I, you know, I've sort of appreciated Kenny a little bit, uh, over the Frandis years. was on fire though. Depp Frandis was on, I don't, you know, I don't really want to root for French guys, but you know, <laughs> non-American, but Kenny's not American either. So, you know, I do really like Kenny. Dylan. I like Dylan. Cause I, when we yeah. did that Yamaha thing, we were, uh, it was a, a week away from a one and we did the Yamaha hall champions. And I go back to my hotel and uh, I walk past the bar and there's Dylan at the bar getting a mixed drink. I was like, dude, yep. all these guys are training their asses off and you're, you're getting a mixed drink, like just breaking the mold. I, I, I liked it. It was pretty cool to see. Yep. Everything in mod, everything in moderation, right? That's the GP guys, man. They, they train like maniacs, but they also party like maniacs too. So. Oh, for sure. Uh, last one I got for you. AFT super twins. It's super twins. Ah! Gosh, I'd sure like a essence and guys to get up there. Gosh, dang it! But I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard to beat. A Briar thinks he's going to be. It's going to be hard to beat him for sure. So especially with J- Jared coming in a little bit, a little bit dinged up or whatever he's got going on, and I know he's going to fight through it. But you know, I think I think Bauman's looking looking pretty solid. Yeah. Well, Danny, I appreciate the insight, man. I know you're a super busy guy. Hey, what about? What about production twins? What about that one? <laughs> what about production twins, man? <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate talking about myself, dude. I hate it. I, I really do. It's like one of them things. <laughs> well, it's gonna maybe is it is it SeaTac or is it Coast? Which one, huh? Which one of those guys, huh? <laughs> I've learned that people can predict all they want. It don't mean shit. Like I get these predictions right. where people pick me or they don't pick me. It's like, dude, I could care less. None of that shit matters. I don't care. It does. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's like, I like to, I like to ask for the fans. The fans like it, but as far as the riders go, it don't matter. Like if somebody yeah. gets picked to win, does that automatically mean that they're going to win it? Hell no. You know what I mean? No. Like you yeah, got to put the, put the work in and it's a, it's, why it's a green flag and a checker flag, right? Yeah, and it's a grind, man. It really is a to 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 win races is one thing, but to 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 carry it on for the course of a season with with our schedule and variety of racetracks, it's not it's not fucking easy. It's it's one no. of the things that I've won and I've lost, and I appreciated both years. Um, so it's yep. yeah, it's experience for for sure. But you got to um, celebrate every single one of those victories like it's your last. I do. Every single <laughs> one of them. You gotta celebrate every single podium like it's your last. You know, you just never know when you we won't get the chance to have that feeling again. No, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. The, the com- there's always somebody coming up wanting wanting what you have, and yeah, it's it's it never gets. The easier. problem is, Corey, is you're helping those kids. You're helping all those kids coming up now. Your Corey Texture racing kids and all that. I mean, you're helping all those guys. You're gonna pretty soon you'll be like you're gonna be in the same boat Chris was in. He's like, gosh dang it, now I'm helping that news kid. Now I gotta beat him. 
Well, it's one of them things. If I get beat, I don't get mad at the guys that beat me. I just know that I need to do better. I need to work hard. It's like, all right, well, yep. a lot of guys get pissed at whoever's beating them or they get like mentally soft to where they, they have this aggression toward them. It's like, nah, dude, he freaking rode good. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like I, I gotta be better. So, yep. um, so I appreciate awesome. that. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean the, the list of guys who have gone through your camps, it's it's insane. So I, I'd love to see I'd love to see a list, man. I don't know. I'm sure it would take a lot to put that together. But you you've also you didn't mention it, but you've had Pastrana, yeah. you've had Keanu Reeves, you've had you've had some some hot name guys and actor, you know, actors and just yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah. I'd love to see that and appreciate you coming on. We can talk for hours, man. Sure. I just you get a couple margaritas in us and we'll chat for hours, but I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with everybody. Thanks, bud. And you know, you're welcome to come back to any camp you ever get time to come. You're, you're always welcome. Love it. Love it, Danny. Thanks again. And uh, we'll chat you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. All right. See ya. Danny Walker. Man, I, I could talk to that guy for hours about motorcycle racing. He's probably my favorite guy to talk racing with, to talk shop with. That guy with all the insight and in flat track, road racing, motocross, MotoGP, just a wealth of knowledge and super underrated when it comes to to what what he's done and we really only scratched the surface i mean he's he's <laughs> taught jd beach how to use a how to shift pretty much how to ride a motorcycle taught josh hayes pretty much how to you know ride and helped his career he's J jake gagne you know he was there when jake gagne first rode a road race bike just oh man just josh hayes is uh Josh Hayes is rider coach when he was winning races and championships. It, he's yeah, he's, he's done a lot. It's, it's good to get, get some of that insight and, and talk a little bit about, about racing with Danny, man. I, I'd, I'd like to get him back on. And if you guys haven't been to American super camp, check it out. I mean, I, my buddy, my best friend, my mechanic, a lot of you guys listening, know Julian, he's kind of like my right hand man, my go-to. And this last camp, I was like, yo bro, like, come to super camp i'm instructing come come check it out because he's a he's an amateur racer and you know he came and checked it out he loved it we had so much fun at, at this at the camps and when i say it's a lot of work holy shit it's a lot of work every day prepping the bikes robbie we get there early super early a couple hours early a couple hours later we leave working on bikes prepping the track every day we have to pressure wash i have to pressure wash 18 motorcycles when i'm there it's uh it's a lot of work and we just love it. It's, it's so cool to, to see a, a rider or student slide a bike for the first time. And, and with you helping that make them better riders and safer riders, it, it's really, it's something that I, you know, I, I really enjoy. And it's a different kind of success when you're able to kind of translate your riding instruction to somebody, uh, a new rider. It's, it's really, really, really satisfying. So, um, yeah. So that was, that was awesome. want to give, I want to give a call to my boy, Noah Chambers. Let's see if he answers the the phone. We haven't chatted with him in a minute. We, we got to There's a lot going on in the life of Chambers and let's, let's bring him on the show and, and get some insight. Noah Chambers on the line, man. What's good? Dude, chilling, man. Just, uh, just at work. Haven't had you on for like, I feel like forever dude like it's probably been a month uh probably longer than that man it's been uh it's been a while <laughs> well we were trying to get you on for atlanta tt and that sort of fell through the cracks i don't know you saw pastrana on the list and you got scared or what but um just didn't happen dude. i was <laughs> it's good. 
gotta get he did good bro he got ninth i know i know he looked uh i think he was on it man i mean uh for uh, you know i think he i think a lot of people were kind of doubting how good he would be coming into it but i i knew i mean what was the last pace he did it was a uh short track or was it a half mile Short, short track. Yeah, like of course he's gonna it struggle. It was fourteen on years track. ago on a short yeah. track. and of course he's gonna struggle on that on a TT. That's one of the greatest, you know, motocross racers, supercross racers ever live. Like he's he's gonna be, you know, and that guy's good at everything he does. You know what I mean? Like I knew he'd be somewhat competitive. And he backflipped. And he backflipped, which is impressive. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised <laughs> that he did because that guy could backflip anything, but um, it's pretty sick. Well, you're at work right now, right? Yeah, if you hear like a dinging, that's like people walking in and out of the door. I'll probably have to deal with a couple customers as we're on this phone call, but that's all right. You're a gas station attendant, right? Is that what you do for work? Yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> at least that's uh, what, I love that's it. What some, that's what so many people take away from it. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> that's what I am. Run it, dude. Run it. Big Loretta's qualifier this weekend, man. I saw you holding the golden ticket, dude. Yeah, dude. It's like uh, the ticket to go to Willy Wonka's factory, you know? <laughs> That's awesome, dude. You had a good weekend, dude. You got second in one of the motos and fifth. That was that's Those were stacked gates, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's good racing down there. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's not often you get full gates of uh, – good riders but you can always expect that at, at regionals and stuff so um cool to get down there and, and race you know it's been a yeah, while since yeah, i've yeah. done a regional yeah good results too that's that's awesome what uh so uh what's the plan coming up for you man are you, any any nationals what's what's coming up for you yeah so i'm uh i am i am pre-registered for five nationals right now we got buds creek Unadilla, Redbud, Southwick, and um, Piston Poppers, and Piston Poppers. <laughs> this weekend, right? You doing it? I'll be there this Sunday. All right, there you guys have it. If he's if if you want to watch Noah's race, Piston Poppers popping off on Sunday. Big TT job. Supposed to be racing Sunday. I don't know what the weather's gonna do, but. It'll be good. I just looked. It's good. It's good enough for poppers. Saturday and Sunday looks good. Yeah. Maybe we can hit up Atlantic. We can hit up Atlantic City Saturday. Get all loose. Oh, you know I'm Con- that. <laughs> Didn't you guys just go to Atlantic City? Yeah. <laughs> Successful or what was it? Yeah. I mean, have you been there? I've been there once during the winter for like a show so i'd never i've never really experienced atlantic city i just know it looks when i was there it was really dirty yeah atlantic city is absolutely disgusting but you know if you know it's disgusting going into it and you're just looking to like get loose and have a good time it's uh it's not that bad i mean it's like dude you know all them big clubs are nasty but but i love it you know i, I love I love the nasty cuts. That's that's my style. So, yeah, we know, we know. It's like the the razzles of the north of the northeast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you basically, dude. Atlantic City is like, and once you're inside of like these big fancy casino places, they're pretty like it's pretty nice inside there. Thank you, man. 
but like outside of there is really ghetto and like the city itself is kind of run down so you don't like leave whatever place you're at you just kind of stay there you know yeah yeah it's and it's it's, it's all right it's jersey man what do you i mean what do you expect? yeah yeah you Jer- in my opinion in my opinion jersey sucks in general so i'll probably offend some jersey people here but you know what i don't care your state sucks <laughs> you gotta lower your expectations when you cross over the garden state like which i like how it's what? i like how it's free to, i like how it costs nothing to drive into jersey but they they pay you to leave it's because they don't want jersey people coming to other states that's that's the way it probably is <laughs> Bro, I always forget that you can't pump your own gas at Jersey. Like I, I rolled up to the gas station and I'm getting out and there's this guy walking over to my van. I thought he was going to like rob me. I'm like, what are you? I'm like, what's oh, up? Oh yeah, dude. dude. Yeah. He's like, like, you've got, you've got problems. Yeah. I was like, what, what's your problem? And he's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm pumping your gas. I was like, Oh shit. I was like, all right, cool, like, man. Like, what is this? Like the 1950s? Like, I don't, I don't understand like Jersey's you know thought process behind let's have let's have someone pump your gas it's kind of like amish people right I mean, like now, what do you dude? do like, do, you, do you have to tip them yeah yeah i i tipped him i mean if they have a good attitude i'll throw them a, a couple dollar tip i'm not a, i'm not that much of a cheap ass but it's like it's kind of like amish people dude i was just talking about with amber we we're driving through it's like imagine being amish in 2021 like the all the technology in the world and you're still rolling around in a fucking buggy um like get a clue like oh i know i don't i don't get it i don't get it no it, i don't, it I, don't understand. I mean i can understand certain no no i i agree it's like 2021 you know, like i could see in like 1960 even 1980s whatever a little bit it's like you know yeah may, maybe but 2021 it, it just doesn't make sense to me to roll around Amish. No, they got like self drive there's like self driving cars now. The Amish should at least be able to drive like a ninety five like K series, like some Chevy K series or something. You know what I mean? You can charge your cars with a plug. <laughs> like yeah. Like and if people are now driving electric cars, doesn't that mean Amish are now eligible to drive gas vehicles? Because like a Buick. It's like old. It's like old now, you know? <laughs> yeah dude it's crazy and then you then like they'll be walking in the store and like a cell phone will like pop out of their pocket it's like all right you're playing us man come on drive a car oh like the one well the one day dude i saw an amish guy like he was he was i don't know if he was i don't know if he was amish or mennonite i don't know it was it was up in Coryville. he was driving a fork truck down the road like middle of the road on a fork truck he's doing like five miles an hour and it was on um was it is it 222 two <laughs> uh yeah 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 i mean yeah. a pretty, pretty busy road i'm like what's this guy doing i rolled up and he's like boogieing like i said he's boogieing down the road on this fourth truck i just rolled to my window and i'm like you're cheating and then i took off like <laughs> come on man you're not allowed to do that buggy or nothing yeah. dude. buggy or nothing or a scooter i see people on their or scooters, scooter i'll let the scooter slide yeah yeah i don't know i don't get it but whatever who'd you guys uh who'd you have on the show danny walker he's uh american super camp uh we were talking about actually we talked about jake gagne do you know jake gagne i know of him yeah he did a motocross now he's a road racer he never really raced motocross going up he he well he did when he was on 50s and 60s but then he went road racing he did a national cold turkey at colorado like five years ago 
and he qualified. Yeah, he did like pretty seven. good. I remember that. Yeah, he was top twenty. He qualified, and I think he finished like right around the points, like twentieth or so um, in the four fifty class. So that was. Was it, cool I way. thought it was uh, California round. I thought it was. Uh, no, nah, he did. Uh, like that. No, that's where he rides a lot. He, he rides a lot with a lot of the guys at Pala. He he'd probably do way better at Pala because I I've heard he's like one of the top guys at Pala. But um, I think it was Utah or Colorado or something. Utah, Utah. Yep, that's what it was. Um, Utah. Whatever the hell that uh, place used to be. They don't have I a forget. national there anymore. But uh, Lakewood? Yeah. No, not Lakewood. That's where they just were. Yeah, Lakewood, right? Is that where they were? This? Lakewood? Yep. Yeah. Is that where that was this weekend? Lakewood, Colorado? Yeah, Lakewood, Colorado, Thunder Valley. Yeah. Well, I won't keep you too long, man. I know you're busy. Uh, real fast, actually, I, I asked Danny Walker this question. I'm going to ask you, who's your pick to win the 450 title? Moto. Uh, my, who do I want or who do I think will win it? Mm, maybe both. Uh, I know you want Cooper. I'd like to see. I'd like – no, no. I, so, I think right now, I think uh, I think it's a toss-up between – Fernandez looks really strong right now. I think Fernandez. And or Fernandez, Fernandez or Roxon, I think both. I think those guys are going to dice it out all year long. Um, yeah, I'm looking out of now, both of them. Out of both of them, difference. I would like exactly. Out of both of them, I would like to see Fernandez win because I just think he's got a really cool, loose riding style, and the dude's sick. Uh, and a lot of people don't really like him because he's French or whatever, but I think he's sick. <laughs> he's um, awesome. But, but. I would like out of everyone, I'd like to see Zach Osborne win. I mean, he's like oh, the old man. head out of the blue. You know, he's defending like, champ. I'm looking now. Zacho's got 33 points. Roxon has 90. He'd have to pull some shit out of his ass to. Uh, I don't. I'm looking at the points now. Tomac and Osborne, they're 10th and 11th. Like they're they're way off the pace right now. I don't understand. Yeah, it. but it's still it's still super early. It's early, but 60 points is that's. That's a big, that's big when, uh, yeah. I mean, you got Plessinger, Barsha's in fourth, Sexton, Ciancerillo, Cooper. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's actually a fun series to watch this year. It's pretty much wide open, so it'll be good. Stacked, too, actually, looking at the, uh, the points here. I saw Ron oh, no, had a good result. Yeah, I think he finished. 19th, the second motor? 19th, 19th, second motor, yeah. That's awesome. No, it's stacked. I mean, looking at the points, like Wilson's 16th in points. So, I mean, it's yeah, Bogle's it's 15th. Very, it's stacked. Very stacked. Yeah. Well, I'll let yeah, you get to it, man. I'll let you, I'll let you get back to uh, being a gas station attendant. Um, I know you got some floors to mop and shit, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let floors, you go. Floors to mop and uh, cigarettes to sell, you know? The, those Marlboros don't sell themselves, dude. Newport 100s, baby. You guys sell cigs there? Yeah, we sell cigarettes here. Nice, dude. Nice. Why you want you bring, bring me a pack later on? Yeah, bring me bring me a cat a pack of camels, man. I uh. What do you, all right, yeah, I can do that. I don't even know. Well, I don't know if I could get through one. I don't think I could. We'll go, we'll go to uh we'll go to J and B and we can smoke a pack. <laughs> a smoke a pack. You don't need to smoke a pack when you go in there. It's already you already get contact freaking smoke. That's you, true. That's much, true. You don't you smoke don't a cart and every. Go there for a beer and you inhale a carton of cigarettes. That is that is true. 
<laughs> I walked in there to get something, dude. I had to throw my shirt out. I was in there for 30 seconds. I, I walk <laughs> out, I had to throw it in the trash. Like, I'm like, well, this shirt's done. That's I actually, thought, I really, dude. I really like that shirt. I, I was like an Alpine star shirt. I had to throw it out. Cause it, the smoke would have never came out. It was gnarly. Dude, they have That's like the, the old school, like that is like an old school hole in the wall, like place, dude. They got like, Bro, it's been there forever. The cigarette. They got like a cigarette dispenser in there. It looks like an old jukebox, but it spits out like <laughs> yes. cigs. Yeah. Uh, Those are cool. Those are cool. We need to buy one and put it in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh, get you can get you can get like draft PBRs in there for like twenty five cents. Dude. I mean the hole in the wall bars are pretty rad when it comes to like cost efficiency, but I What's mean, that one down the street, dude? The one that, like, it looks like an old... Dirty old tavern? Or an old, like, stone castle or something. Dirty old tavern in Lancaster City? Think, yeah, it's, like, right, right down by the bridge. Yeah, that one's gnarly. That one's wor- That one's more gnarly than, than J&B, I think. That one's... I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to check it out. Dude, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly. I mean, you should wear That's a GoPro in there. I've never been in it. Wear a GoPro, and then we'll post the footage. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Can you imagine walking yeah, in there with a GoPro <laughs> on your hatch? So. I, I hear good things about it. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, all right, bro. I'll let you roll. I appreciate you coming on, chat. I mean, I know the fans do. They they ask about you all the time. So, a little check in. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for giving me a ring. All right, bud. God, right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Chambers chimes in. It's been a minute. That was uh, as always very enlightening. Um, yeah. Sorry if you listen to uh, any chamber segments with your grandma or your mom or your kids. You just gotta you gotta turn the volume down a little bit sometimes. That was that was PG though. That was fine. Uh, yeah, great show. Want to make sure we shout out our sponsors, to make this happen. Bell Power Sports. Check them out. Social media at Bell Power Sports at Bell Helmets and their website bellhelmets.com. I talk about the quality all the time, but it speaks for themselves. Look up the ratings. Look up the ratings and, and see what you find. They're really good safety ratings. It's uh, if you want to start, if you, yeah, sorry. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by bell Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing really, really excited to have them as a sponsor of the show. Cause I race a Yamaha cruise races, a Yamaha rides, a Yamaha. He will race a Yamaha. I, I practice. I have two Yamaha practice bikes. I, I love, I've loved the brand, love all they do for the sport. And uh, yeah, just support them. Check them out. Yamaha motorsports.com. If you're looking for a dealer to support that has Yamaha's Fredericktown, Yamaha, the Riley family, hit me up. I'll get you their information. Yamaha revs your heart. Moto America series this weekend, Road America amp for the return of the baggers, the bagger cup. It's coming back this weekend. <sighs> just, I just, I love the bagger stuff. I really want to do one. So if anybody has a bagger that they want me to probably suck on, Give me a call. I just want to ride one. Honda Superbike, Super Sport, Stock 1000, Twins Cup, and the Junior Cup. I think I might have said that twice, but Junior Cup, Ben Galati, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, won the last race. Hopefully, he can pull off another one. DID Chain. Our friends at DID Chain do a lot for the sport, a lot for flat. I see they're helping out a lot of flat track teams, and it's the best chain in the industry, man. We uh, It's the only chain we trust on our bikes, and a lot of supercross road race teams, the, uh, the championships they have on their wall is unmatched. So make sure you check them out at the ID chain, Jerry Stinchfield roof systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and commercial industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience 
without Jerry, we wouldn't have a sport and just what he does for the entire industry and flat track. It's very underrated. And we appreciate Jerry for making this podcast happen as well. Dunlop motorcycle tires, Michael, Rob Fox, Sean, everybody at Dunlop appreciate their support with amateur racing. They have a new 17 inch tire they're coming out with. It's coming out soon. We were doing some testing with some of my team CTR elite kids it's it's a badass little 17 inch tire for the 85 cc's 100s and obviously the dt4 they we run an american flat track really good tire and uh yeah there's a reason it it wins a lot of races at the amateur level as well aim sports data the world leader in data acquisition solo 2 and the solo 2 dl are the two that i recommend if you have any questions on that gps lap timer hit me up i'll lead you in the right direction i'll get you an email to to ask with any questions, if it'll fit your application, it pretty much fits everything. I run it on my dirt bike, my race bike guys are, you know, go karts. It's yeah, it's a great, great product. Hey, I'm Harley Davidson, Tommy Hannum. If you're looking for a Harley dealership to support who supports the sport, there's no better one than Tommy Hannum and Hannum's Harley Davidson media, Pennsylvania, over 65 years in business. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, social media at Hannum's HD, Tell them we sent you here at Tank Slapping. Uh, and then we got a pretty big race coming up that we've talked about a little bit on the last show. And we're talking about it again on this show. I, I wish I wish I lived somewhere closer to Washington State. Dino Days, Dinosaur Days, June 12th and 13th. Saturday, open traction TT with a $5,000 pro purse. I know Rod Lake, Southbound, Southbound Honda, they're... They're involved in the purse. Uh, if you have any questions on this event, it's at Riverdale Raceway in Tuttle, Washington. I think I've said that correct. If you have any information, uh, sorry, if you need some information, hit up Tony Fox, 253-376-2527. The race I mentioned on Saturday with the $5,000 pro purse. And then Sunday, Vintage Motocross. I, I'd almost rather do the Vintage Motocross. That's something I, I want to do so bad at some day. Um, the Buck Murphy Memorial Evo GP is Sunday. So stay for the weekend camp out Saturday, the open traction TT Sunday is the vintage motocross. And then we got Western Ohio motorsports. We have the Van Wert half mile. It's coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend, June 19th, Van Wert, Ohio, Western Ohio motorsports. If you have any questions on where that event is or need any information on that, send me a message. I'll give you the contact information for Len. He puts that series on uh, Van Wert, Ohio, really, really badass cushion half mile. So um, June 19th, put that on your calendar as well. Yeah. Appreciate the subscribers. YouTube. We're starting that, trying to get that going a little bit. We have some big plans for that in the future. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, check us out and subscribe. It, it really does make a difference. It keeps this pod going. Sometimes it, it gets difficult for me with everything I got going on to make sense of it, but I truly enjoy talking with these, with these riders, former riders, mechanics, everything we're doing. I truly enjoy it as a fan, as a kid that grew up in the sport, as a fan of the sport, I love doing this show. Um, but it's not possible without the sponsors and the listeners and the subscribers that make it happen. Otherwise it's just, you know, it just would be very, very, very difficult, almost impossible. So make sure you um, send them, sponsors that I, I i talk about send them a thank you send them a you know we, we, we appreciate you supporting the podcast because it, it helps helps us you know it helps us keep this going so subscribe like leave us a comment 
it's a wrap. It's a wrap on this one. It was a banger episode and we'll keep them coming. We got some really good guests lined up. We'll keep them headed your way. Billy is the man behind the edits. We appreciate Billy. Make sure you follow Billy on, on social. He's, he's in college. He's single late. Actually, I don't know. Billy, I don't know if you're single to be honest. I, I think you might not be single, but uh, yeah, Billy clings sent him a, send him a follow on, on social, but it's a wrap. Put a bow on it. We out.